All right, good morning. It's so awesome to see every one of you. But before we go any further, can we just express our love and gratitude toward Jesus Christ this morning? Amen. Yes. Oh my goodness, he's done so much in all of our lives and uh, just so grateful that we get to be here and to worship him freely and openly. One of the things that I just want to reiterate to you that our video announcements just plugged is that that is school supplies are needed, right? We're doing a you know, big drive here at our church for our local area schools to provide those school supplies. So we want you guys to get involved in that, get those school supplies in, bring them into, uh, to, to the, here to the church, and we'll make sure that they get out uh, to where they need to be. Also, um, if you're watching us online or you're not from around here and you're here or listening to us on the radio, your local school system, I promise, will not reject your gift of school supplies, okay? So make sure we're doing our part. It's a great way for us to be involved in ministry. But man, I wanna welcome you guys. So thank you so much for being here, our online campus. Thank you guys as well, those listening to us on the radio. But we have been in a sermon series called, I'm Certain I Think, right? Have you ever been so certain about something that after the words came out of your mouth, then you were like, well, I'm not quite sure I really believe that. You know, um, I've got my doubts. Well, I'll give you a head start. Go ahead and turn, if you would, to Nehemiah chapter two. That's where the premise of our um, passage this morning is going to come from. But here's a couple things that we do know that we can be certain of. And that is this, that God provides for your life. Yes, that promise is all throughout scripture. God has an enduring promise that he will provide in your life. Provision, here's what provision is. Meeting a need, right? Yeah. A necessity, something other than like, or something like food or clothing, different things like that. Now, I have a buzz. Now, what we have, a buzz in the, in the, <laughs> in the speakers, and it's distracting me, I'm sorry. That's what I was trying to get your attention to. All right. Jeez. You know the emoji? That's, that was there. Okay. All right. All right. I got to reel everybody back in now. Okay. Lord Jesus, help us. Um, one of the things that, that I've learned, especially in, in the season of life that I'm at right now, uh, about a month or so ago, uh, something just, you know, triggered in me, you know, uh, that, that really began to cause me to think, do I really know the needs that are in my life? Like, do my needs and necessities um, compare to what God has for my life? Like, does he see the same thing that I see? Or am I seeing the same thing that he sees our needs and necessities of my life? We can often confuse that. And sometimes it can become very frustrating for us, especially in times of prayer and through seasons of prayer when we've been praying for God to do something specific and he's saying, really, guys, listen, I've not willed that for you. That's not a part of the plan. And the only way that you and I can ever get into the grasp of understanding what that plan, what that purpose, what that will is for our lives is by getting into a more close and intimate relationship with Jesus. Listen, we say things like this, God's my healer, but yet we can't sleep due to worry. We will say things like God is my source, all the while we're enduring great anxiety through that. What I want us to be able to do is outwardly, outwardly declare that I'm certain that God will 
provide. And I want you to understand that and become certain that God, yes, will provide in your life those provisions that he has willed, purposed, and planned. Second Peter chapter one, verse three, breaks it down this way. This is the theme verse that we've been looking at throughout this sermon series. This is his divine power. What does that mean? That means God, right? God's divine power has given. Uh, don't you love when people give you something? You know, absolutely. I, let me receive, right? Understand this. That because you have received blessing within your life, it's not necessarily for you. It's really not. God blesses you so that you can in turn what? Then return the favor, blessing others. Do you know that God shows favor in our lives? He really does. As a child of God, we are enlightened to the fact that he is going to favor, bring favor to our lives. Now, now listen, I, I'm not about the prosperity and I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the true blessing. And the true blessing is what aligns with God's will for your life. We have often prayed prayers that did not align up with the blessings of God. Now, but watch this. It says his divine power, God has given everything. Somebody say everything. Everything that you need or that we need for a what? Godly life. That's the part that we mess up on. We, 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 want, we want the clothes, the cars. We want the financial bank accounts that are overflowing. We want all that. And listen, nothing wrong with that. Okay, I get it. As long as God's provided it for you. As long as he's willed it for your life and purposed it for you because there's a reason behind it. It's so that you can then take what has been given to impact somebody else. Yes. What is the phrase? It's more blessed to give than to receive. Am I right? You know, uh, you, never, you never truly understand that. And so, you know, when you're a kid, forget it. You know, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want to get everything that I can possibly get. And then, but when you become an adult and you begin to freely give out, man, there's nothing like it, is there? It's like, you know, seeing the joy on a child's face or somebody's face that was really in a very dark time and had a big need in their life. And all of a sudden you were used and chosen by God to help fill that. What a great ministry that is. Oftentimes we don't fully grasp what we are entitled to as children of God. Um, I, this week, my wife and I, we had the opportunity to escape <laughs> Shigatig for several days. And when I say that is, I mean, we didn't have our kids. You like that? We escaped from the clutches. No, I'm just kidding. All right. And so we got away and I remember lead, you know, a week or two leading up to that. I was like, man, I, I'm, I'm kind of excited. You know, I'm going to get out, going to get away from them, <laughs> from you all too. No, I'm just kidding. Right. And, and, and so we're, we're out and about for a couple of days, two days go by, three days go by. And I'm like, yeah, I'm starting to miss them. You know, I, I'm kind of missing my kids. Day four, I'm like, man, I really miss. Day five, I'm like, I'm dropping everything. I'm ready to go home right now, right now. Yesterday, we're traveling back uh, to, to come back home and I couldn't get home fast enough, right? Now, but listen, we come through the door and here they come running, you know, daddy, mommy, love, hugs. And I'm like, this is fantastic. I feel so loved, so welcomed in my own home that I provide for, you know, all these great things. What did you get us? <laughs> what did you get us? We're like, really? That's all. I mean, that's all what the love is behind it. Why are they saying that? Why are they? Because there's an entitlement of being my child. 
There's something that comes along with that. It's not always the, you know, the, 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 just the food and, and things like that, but it's sometimes what? You give them a gift. And so we had something small and we gave them and, and they didn't appreciate it at all, but it's all right. <laughs> I'm kidding, I think they did. When we dive deeper into our relationship with God and into his word, we are able to grow into an intimacy, into a relationship where we begin to know each other. And, and here's why I wanna say it this way. It's not what I can get from God. It's how my thought process, my relationship, my own desires begin to change when I get to know him more. Then my wants are no longer wants. They're just don't need any longer. Then I'm what, becoming more aligned with what he has purposed for my life. Are you following me here? Like, Sometimes I look back and I, if, if I'm in a prayer, time of prayer and I notice myself rattling off some things and I go, wait a minute, God, is that your desire for my life? Because if it's not, take it out. Take it out. Take that desire out. I don't need that. I don't want that. I only want, Lord, what you are wanting to provide. So being a child of God, we have some entitlement. It's kind of like, you know, how about this? How about this? being an Amazon Prime member, but not taking advantage of the expedited shipping. Pointless, thank you. AAA, but not using the towing feature, right? How about this, going to Sam's Club, having a membership at Sam's Club and ignoring the free samples. Are you following me? Sometimes as in our minds, within our relationship with God, we're ignoring the fact that we have a lot of benefits that come along with being a child of the most high God. And no one understood that any better throughout scripture than Nehemiah himself and how he was able to access the provision that God had for him. Now, here's a little bit of a backstory here. Opens up during uh, when the God's people, uh, the Israelites, they were under the rule of a foreign king, Nehemiah, a Jew, he worked in the palace and received, you know, as a cupbearer, um, but he received word that Jerusalem, the capital city, was still in ruins, and Nehemiah's heart was stirred to make a difference, to see a rebuilding effort. And what's amazing about this, this guy had no experience and no resources, but the one thing he did have was God on his side. He had the favor of God. Let's take a look at Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. It says, Early the following spring, the month of Nisan, during the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was serving the king his wine, and I had never before appeared sad in his presence. There's a reason for that. We'll get to that a little bit later on, right? So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. Then I was terrified, but I replied, long live the king. How can I not be sad for the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire. The king asked, well, how can I help you? With a prayer to the God of heaven. You might wanna highlight that area there. That's very important. With a prayer to the God of heaven, I replied, if it pleases the king, and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. Verse six, the king with the queen sitting beside, excuse me, with, with the king sitting beside him asked, how long will you be gone? When will you return? After I told him how long I would be gone, the king agreed to my request. 
I also said to the king, if it pleases the king, let me have letters addressed to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, instructing them to let me travel through their territories on my way to Judah. And please give me a letter addressed to Asaph, the, the manager of the king's forest, instructing him to give me timber. I will need it to make beams for the gates of the temple fortress, for the city walls, <laughs> and oh, by the way, for a house for, for myself. And the king granted these requests. Why? Because of the gracious hand of God was on me. You might want to highlight that area too. Our blessings in life and often the, bless, and the blessing that, we receive, that we're seeing here with Nehemiah is not some chance of mystical luck by any means. In fact, Nehemiah's story reveals favor provided, and we can look at four of those things of God's blessings. One is strategic plans. How could a cupbearer become a successful contractor? Like, for real. How in the world does that happen? It's like me going out to build a house. It ain't happening. All right? I mean, I, I, I barely run a drill. You know what I'm saying? It's just not in my makeup. It's not what I do. For, for him, it's the same way. This is not what he does, but he had a burden. He had something there. Let me, let me help you out. What you think are your weaknesses could actually become your greatest strengths. The very things that you think that you're limited and lack in life, God can get involved and bring a divine understanding and a divine intervention that can only be explained by him. That's why we're able to say, Lord, I glorify you and I praise you and I worship you because everything that's happening in my life, I know is not because of me because every time that I get my hand involved, failure comes. But every time, Lord, that I allow you to intervene and to become a part of it, regardless of what I think the outlook should be, he's always going to be glorified because he is setting things up according to what his plan, his purpose, and his will is for our lives. So God's favor can give us a clear picture, expand our areas within our lives of what we can accomplish. Now, another thing is, is, is this, significant partnerships. Nehemiah was a nobody, but yet God connected him with powerful people. It's very hard to fulfill God's will and purpose for our lives on our own. We need those connections within our lives. Let me give you an example for me personally in my life. You see, I grew up in the church of God and I began, I knew this man who was very tall and that I could not understand only by appearance and that was by the name of Pastor John Thorne. All right, the former pastor here. He was good friends with my father. I knew that, I knew that they were friends and, and this and that and another. Well, lo and behold, one day I'm getting a phone call from my dad saying, hey, Pastor Thorne's gonna be calling you. He needs a youth pastor. I gave him your name and it's gonna set everything up. I was like, what? what? Wait a minute, fast track, everything's spinning in my life as it is right now. What are you talking about, you know? And the next thing I know, here I am, and you know, listen, I became the youth pastor, executive pastor, now I'm your, your lead pastor. I was only planning to be here three years. <laughs> Have you ever planned something and then God just totally flipped it upside down, inside out? Yeah, okay. 13 years later, I'm standing here, all right? Whew. It's been a rough 13 years. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But listen, God uses partnerships. He uses connections to advance his purpose, his will. He also uses this, sovereign protection. The letters that were read of that Nehemiah had, was needing was to give him authorization. Safely, what authorization to, to uh, go into these new territories 
and to be safe about it. Why was this significant? Why was this important? Or how was it significant? How was it important? Who, who knew him? He's just a cupbearer. Who, who even really, he would have come in and, and do all this. They'd be like, who are you? You have no authority to do this. You have no power to accomplish these things because understand it was 90 some years. For 90 some years, they were trying to already rebuild this and they continued to fail and continued to fail and continued to fail. And so here you got a cupbearer, an ordinary person, Nehemiah, who has a strong relationship with God and God has set up with some great partnerships is now going, you know what? Listen, listen, listen. I'm gonna give you some authority. How can we relate that to our own lives? Well, as being a Christ follower and being a part of the family of God, it gives me an entitlement of some authority spiritually yeah. over principalities, right? Yeah. Over the culture and the world that we live in. Yeah. We have some authority. Now, another thing here is this supernatural provision. Who would have thought that what for 90 years others tried to accomplish would continually fail, Nehemiah accomplished within 52 days. A supernatural power that was given him, watch this, supplies, workers, plans, and approval from governments in order to make this happen. One moment of favor in his life did what 90 years of hard work was never able to accomplish. One touch of God can teach you any skill. One touch of God can help you make any connection. One touch of God can close any door. One touch of God can open any door. One touch of God can save you time and energy. One touch of God can protect you. One touch of God can turn everything around and propel you into the direction that he has purposed for your life. You think that you have the ability and the hard work and the know-how to accomplish. You don't. God has the favor to bring it into your life and to see it all through. Now, how does he do all this? One is this. Blessing. We're talking about blessing here. This is what has happened with Nehemiah. Great blessing in his life. Blessing is based on relationship. Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 2 read this way. Early the following spring in the month of Nisan, during the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was serving the king his wine. This guy had a great job. Let's just be honest. He got, to, he got to drink before the king. He got to eat before the king, right? Like when I go on vacations, it's funny. I tell my wife this all the time. When we're planning on a trip or we're doing something, I was like, where are we eating? I don't care what the activity is. At the end of the day, we got to have a good dinner. You know what I mean? Where are we eating? Right. This guy, I mean, here he is. He's got a he's got a great opportunity. He's, he's working a great job. Right. He says, I had never before appeared. This is important to understand. Sad in his presence. So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. Then I was terrified. Now, here's what you need to understand about this. The first requirement when you came before the king, you could not be down. You could not be angered. You cannot be sad. You had to go before the king with a smile on your face. This is important for us to understand in this passage of scripture because all this time, Nehemiah, not knowing what was about to happen years before, was building a relationship 
with the king. So much so that even when he was not doing the right thing, the king would be able to overlook the consequence of not doing the right thing, which would have been death, and still show favor into his life. What does that mean for us? We serve a king. We serve a God. We serve our Lord Jesus Christ. And listen, there are times when we're going through this relationship where we just simply don't feel like it. There are times when I don't want to spend time in prayer right now. There are moments when, God, I, do you know, Lord, what I'm going through? I don't even want to open up your word. And at any moment, he could cut us off. But you know what the Bible tells us? We cannot pry ourselves out of the hand of God. That his protection is everlasting. His love is unconditional. That is huge. For Nehemiah, this was a massive thing. The more our relationship with God expands, the more of the experience in God we receive. Now, here we go. Some things that we get through that are people in life think that they cannot receive from God because of this. Well, God simply just does not like me. That God does not like, have you ever, have you ever like thought that before? Like God, all this stuff's happening. All these things are falling apart all around me. All this, all this difficulty. God must not like me right now. Let me help you out. He doesn't like you. He loves you. He loves you so strong, so unconditional. Luke chapter 12, verse 32 says this. Do not be afraid, little flock. For your father has been what? Pleased to give you the kingdom. Watch this. Some think that they aren't good enough. Have you ever been there? I'm just not good enough for God. Does God really know my past? Yeah, he does. All right. Does he not know what I've done? I'm simply just not good enough. Let me help you out. God's goodness has nothing to do with your goodness. God is independently good. Nehemiah wasn't in the king's chamber because of his resume. He wasn't just carrying a cup. He was building a relationship. Did you know that you and I are carrying a cup continually into God's presence? Luke chapter 22, verse 20 says, in the same way after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is what poured out for you. Ephesians chapter two, verse 13 says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. My prayer for all of us is that we begin to ask God for his intervention, asking God for his blessing against the spiritual enemy who's coming to what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. But we will think we have no right to do that. We have no right to ask God for his goodness. Well, the blood of Jesus says that you do that we have access because of the blood of Jesus to the king's presence. We have the ability and the right to request the authority that is needed because of the blood of Jesus. Because of that same blood, we have the opportunity for God to intervene within our lives. Our knowledge of God, our companionship with God needs to be because of relationship. Listen, 
Who you are is not because of what you've done. It's because of whose you are. And that is Jesus Christ. Secondly, blessing is activated through obedience. I was, um, this week while we were gone, my, my mind's constantly churning, thinking church and messages and different things like that. And I've already began to, 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 to think on another sermon series and, and, and preparation of it. And I was thinking about all the wonderful, great stories all throughout scripture. You know, in every one of them you have, and I'm giving some stuff away here already for, for, for future you know, messages, but you have uh, an issue, you have a problem. Then we always look at the end of it and we see the big results, the home run, so to speak. We forget the details and what needed to happen through obedience. Nehemiah in this moment was extremely obedient. Watch this uh, in scripture, three through four, it says, but I replied, long live the king. How can I not be sad for the city where my ancestors are buried and is in ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire. By fire. Our obedience must be activated. Faith doesn't mean that we only believe. Faith means I believe and then I do something about it. Do something in it. Listening to the voice of God and walking in the direction that he is leading us. That still small voice. Have you ever known somebody that you knew they were bothered and you're like, what's wrong? Nothing. Nothing at all. Am I married? You know what I'm talking about. All right, nothing at all, just fine. That's not Andrea, that's me, okay? Just saying, just saying, right? That, who's a fixer? Anybody in here a fixer? Like if something's broke, somebody's mad, you wanna fix it. Come on, man. Wake up, 8.30 was more alive, all right? I'm a fixer, I can't stand it. If I know something's wrong, we gotta come to the bottom of this. I apologize, I don't even know what I'm apologizing for, but we gotta fix it right now. Right? How can God help us if we in turn are not in communication with him of what we need? You know, one of the key phrases, and I'm jumping ahead of myself a little bit here in this passage of scripture, is when the king asked him, what is troubling you? The Bible says right before verse five, at the end of verse four, he took it before God. What did he do? He prayed. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 28 and 2 says this. All these blessings will come on you and accompany of you if you what? Obey the Lord your God. Every promise of God comes upon you as a step of obedience. Watch this. Salvation. What did we need to do? We needed to believe and confess that Jesus is Lord. How about this financial provision within our lives? What do we need to do? We must put God first and do our giving, our tithing, and our offering to the Lord. How about this? The promise of victory depend, is, 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 comes from depending on God's spirit and not ourselves, but become fully reliable on God himself. All right, now the third thing that we have is blessing is propelled by prayer. I can't stress that enough. And Nehemiah Chapter two, verse, can, can, I'm gonna put you on the spot because I messed this up for the other service. Verse four, please. You got one second. There we go. The king asked, well, how can I help 
you. And then he says, with a prayer. And then he replies, if it pleases, if it pleases the king, and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. The king with the queen sitting beside him asked, how long will you be gone? When will you, when will you return? After I told him how long I would be gone, the king agreed to my request. I also said to the king, if it pleases the king, let me have letters addressed to the governors of the provinces east of the Euphrates River, instructing them to let me travel safely through their territories on my way to Judah. And please give me a letter addressed to Asaph, the manager of the king's forest, instructing him to give me the timber. I will need it to make beams for the gates of the temple fortress, for the city walls and for a house for myself. Don't you love that part? You see how he threw that in there? And the, I find humor. All right. That's just me. And I think that was very humorous. And the king granted these requests because why? The gracious hand of God was on me. Do you know that as a Christ follower, you have the gracious hand of God on your life, on your marriage, on your family, on your relationships and your job? your finances, you have the entitlement of having the gracious hand of God in every aspect of your entire life. How amazing is that? But oftentimes we totally ignore it. The key there for Nehemiah was he prayed about it. You know, it's easy for us to understand that there's three things that we teach here at this church that I, I try to throw into every message, and that is, reading God's word, spending time in prayer, and we always go through a season of fasting here at the church. Now, being in the word of God, well, that's something that's tangible. It's right before me. It's either on my tablet, my phone, or my traditional Bible. They still make these, you know that, right? And then the season of fasting is easy because your pastor directs you. Every January, we go through 21 days of fasting. If you're new to us, guess what's coming in January? 21 days of fasting. We go through that. It's one of those spiritual disciplines. But the one that I feel is so overlooked so much is prayer. I'm not talking about, Lord, bless my food, or Lord, you know, we're praying at the end of the night with the kids and things like that. No, I'm talking about real communication with Jesus Christ, with your heavenly Father, allowing the Holy Spirit to move and to work in your life, having moments of meditation upon him, upon his word, and communicating with him. The big thing here with Nehemiah was he, he was a follower of God, but even more so, he was a prayer. He prayed, a prayer warrior, so to speak, we would, we would probably call him. And, and while, because of his prayer, listen to these things that he asked from the king. Again, the king, all powerful, right? He works for this guy. This guy at any moment could be bring death into his life. Listen to what he does. If it pleases the king, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. Most of us would have stopped right there. Whew, that's good enough. We'll worry about the details later. We'll worry about the rest of it later on. But no, he comes back to the king and then he says, if it pleases the king, not only permit me to go to, to rebuild this city, but now give me letters addressed to the governors. Why? So that I can have traveling safety. Are you seeing this? He's not bashful about it. He's coming. He's, if, this, if this aligns with, with God's plan and if it pleases the king, will you do this for me? And then he, he doesn't stop there and he says, and, <laughs> and give me what? Access to the timber that's needed. Not only was he asking the, 
to be able to get the time off to go rebuild the city. But he's also asking for protection. And then he's asking for the king stuff, the provision to give me the timber that needs to happen. Most of us would look, overlook those details. We look at what? The need for the city to be built. Then we look at the city was built. We forget about everything in between that had to take place. You had prayer. You had obedience. You had a sense of expectation. The king had everything Nehemiah needed. But Nehemiah was specifically was asking. Listen, we're not fully going to experience all that God has from our lives with a mouth that is shut. A heart that will not be open. No. Nehemiah chapter 2 and 8 says, And the king, what? Granted these requests. Why? Why did he do that? Because the gracious hand of God was on me. Will you stand with me this morning? Do you know that you have the gracious hand of God on your life? It's powerful. Some scripture here that I want to read to you real fast. Psalm 90 and 17. May the favor of the Lord your God rest on us. Establish the work of your hands for us. Yes, establish the work of your hands. Notice it's not what I want. What I'm dreaming of is, Lord, your hand, the work that you have for us, establish that. That's blessing. That's favor. Deuteronomy 33, 11, Bless all his skills, Lord, and be pleased with the work of his hand. Psalm 32, 8 says it this way. I will instruct you and teach you in the ways that you should go. How can God instruct us if we're not communicating with him? How can God instruct us if we're not spending time? How can God instruct us if we're not having an ear to the voice of the Holy Spirit? It says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. All of this provision is fantastic. All that God has for all of our lives. But but, but listen, it only happens. It only becomes available to us by accepting his son, Jesus Christ by being a Christ follower. The Bible tells us that he's knocking at the heart, at the door of our heart. Will we accept him in? The Bible says that the only way to the Father is what? Through the Son in accepting Jesus Christ. Why? Because for God so loved the world that he gave his only, his only begotten Son. Look, I got kids. I love them, but I ain't giving them up for you. That sounds mean. Well, it's reality, right? But God did. He gave the most prized possession, his son, for you. Every about every eye closed this morning, if you would. If you're watching us online and listening to us on the radio, I, I want to address this first and foremost, and that is this. If you don't know who Jesus Christ is today, all of that can change. If you've not made a commitment in serving Jesus Christ and letting him be your master, your Lord, your Savior, Today, everything changes. The Holy Spirit has spoken to you. He's drawing you close to him. This is your moment where eternity changes. That's you today. Here in just a moment, we're gonna say a prayer. 
in that prayer, it's gonna be you accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Listen, and if the only thing you can get out in that prayer is just Jesus itself, he knows your heart. So I would like for all of us in this room this morning to pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, today I come before you and I'm humbled. I accept you, Lord, as my master and my savior. Forgive me of my sins. Lead me, Lord, into your plan, your purpose, and your will for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning? Amen. So now what, right? So what are we supposed to gather from this? Well, that God provides. You do have some entitlement. He's got blessing for your life, favor for your life, provision that he wants to provide for. But listen, listen very closely here. It's what God has defined for your life, not what you have defined for your life. We get that confused so much. And that's why so many people become so frustrated. Lord, I want us to be in tune with your desire. God, that we are not about ourselves, but Father, we're about your plans. Even the Bible, Lord, we understand it says that you even knew us before we were conceived. Lord, that we understand that you have a, a plan for our, our lives way before we even breathed our first breath. And that God, you're not sitting in heaven thinking to yourself, how am I gonna help them out in this matter? You have already, God, you have already solved it. You have already provided for it. We need to align ourselves, Father, today with your expectation. Help us, Father, to get out of the way of ourselves, get out of our own shadow, and get into your presence. Allowing ourselves, God, to be led in our actions, decisions, the way we talk, the way we, our thoughts, the environments that we allow ourselves to be in, the things that we partake about. Father, change our lives so that we are aligned with you. May we, Lord, come into your word to look for the answers. May we, God, spend those moments of prayer with you, not falling off the wagon from it, but God, staying strong in communication with you. So the God that you can freely communicate back to us. Lord, there's so many needs that are represented in this room. There's, there's even needs that we don't even know about. But God, that you've already taken care of. Touch each one, Lord, according to your purpose and your plan and your will that you have for our lives. And God, in all of this, you will be glorified. Even when we don't understand what is going on, Father, regardless of all of that, God, you will still be glorified. Even when I may feel confused 
God, you will still be glorified. Even when it has not met our expectation, Father, you, Lord, will still be glorified. Because God, when you're involved, we know all plans are perfect. When you're involved, when you, Lord, are the one leading and us following. So God, we thank you and we praise you and we worship you. And Lord, as the psalmist said, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen. We love you guys. Have a great day.